Welcome back to another episode of Movie Madness. I'm your host, Henry Thompson. And joining me today, as always, is my brother, Wayne Thompson. Now, Wayne, say for me, we all float down here. We all float down here. Do one of the laughs, one of the, one of the clown laugh. <laughs> hey, that was, I like that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> awesome. yeah, that was good huh? Also joining us, as you just heard, there is Chris Reed for the first time, and I don't know how long. Chris, I want you to say for me, sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Oh, he took it dark. To play the oh, real. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, if you couldn't tell, I was trying to mimic the guy, you know, I talk like this. Um, <laughs> Can I ask why you were surprised I was good with that clown laugh when I'm a fucking clown every year? No, it was the fact that I it wasn't that you did a good laugh. I thought you matched the way he does his ah, laugh pretty well. It was more like it was a good impression of him, not just a really good sinister ah, clown that's laugh. That's okay. That's okay. I will let you off. I, I was expecting off you to go full crusty the clown. <laughs> I was expecting that. Yeah. Nah, so that's dude, the I, kind I, of I, shit I pull. <laughs> yeah. I tend to save that one for um Screen Factory a lot. So if you guys could <laughs> guess. Ooh, sorry. If you guys couldn't guess from those quotes, uh, then you want, need to watch more movies. Today, we're talking all about adaptions related to Stephen King, not just the stuff that Stephen King himself worked on, but stuff that is derivative works of his uh, based on his stories, short stories, etc. I mean, if you look through the guy's back catalog of things, he's got to be one of the most adapted writers in history into the film, film and TV media, clearly. Uh, but I would argue a lot of his work, total trash. But I'd also argue the entire other half of his work, genius. So, I mean, let's go through and talk a little bit about the things that we love and hate about Stephen King and the positives and negatives. Um, before anything, uh, this was Chris's suggestion for this episode. So, obviously, you must be a big Stephen King fan for you to suggest it in the first place. Yeah, Chris? Absolutely love him. Um, besides Thomas Harris, my favorite author, you know. We talked about Thomas Harris before, the Hannibal Lecter stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, Again, you, you hit the nail on the head with, it's awful to say, considering my favourite, but he's, he's kind of pulled, there's kind of two ends of the spectrum. It's either amazing or it's pure dog shit. There's kind of no in between. <laughs> and, I think the, yeah. and I think the problem is, is that obviously he's got, he's got this thing where he's, he'll basically, he'll sell the rights to any of his books for a dollar for you to adapt it into a screen. Well, that's if, only certain ones of them. I'm going to get onto that as a topic yeah, later. But, um, only but for I think, a dollar. I think the problem is, is that that a lot of the times it, get, it gets yeah. picked up and it's just, I think a lot of the time it's not so much his work, it's sometimes the adaptation, how they've styled it. So there's a question then. You're obviously a, a big reader, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So you've read probably a lot of the books that have been translated to movies, yeah? No, I've probably seen a lot more of the movies than I have read the books, to be honest. But I always try and do both. Right. Because a lot of the times I've, I've done that. I've, I've, I've read most of the books that I've seen in movies that have that have been successful. Like I've read it and I've read, you know, uh, well, lots of his short story compendiums, which became various things. Um, mm-hmm. Nightmares and dreamscapes and all that sort of shit. And um, as a writer, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't read many of his books, Wayne. 
One. Which one? I'm curious. Man. Yeah, fair. Which, I mean, he didn't even release his own name, but yeah. <laughs> I had to read that for a school project, which I had to hide the age limit on it to be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the last book Wayne read from Stephen King was a school project. It was. was That's awesome. It was like I was forced to read a fucking book. My goodness. Well, I went back and I read like um, a lot of Stephen King stuff as he got more. Uh, some of the adapt, some of the modern remakes and adaptions coming out. You know, I went back and I said, "Oh, you know, I haven't read enough Stephen King. I'll go back and read more Stephen King," and. Man, it's like it is a two part, you know, it's a mini series, and then they made the two part movie adaption, you know, more recently. That is a chunky fucking book. I mean, it's literally a doorstop. And I read it, and it was the most boring fucking book I've ever read in my goddamn life because at least 350 pages is clearly he fell asleep at the keyboard. And just well, held he, the Z key down for forty. He hates pages. it, doesn't he? Stephen King even hates that book because it was when he was in his phase of being off his face on drugs and drinking most of the time. So he just he doesn't even remember half of the book himself. He hates. You can thing. tell because a good adaption of that is literally you take the book and you cut it in half and then trim the middle out. And there's yeah. your better book instantly. It was like eight, I'll tell you, Wayne. No bullshit. You know the opening where like. Georgie's looking for the thing in the in the basement. Then he goes out with the boat and all that sort of shit. That's like mm-hmm. eighty pages. Oh fuck off! It's like twenty pages of all the things in the fucking basement as he's walking through it. How scary it is! And it's like, does he wow, start like but... describe each little pupil line coming off the eyeball or something? He may as well have. Hell. It was way way too descriptive and long. And I'm like, how did this get? He must have had name recognition at this point because Carrie by def- by alternative his first book and also ironically first film yeah is such a breezy that. read by comparison mm-hmm. totally breezy read I was quite surprised to find that was his actual first film yeah pretty amazing you know it's very rare I think an author gets their first story especially one so prolific gets their first story to be adapted and not do dramatically you know long after it got published either do you know what I think is sometimes the problem with um, Stephen King adaptions? I think it depends on the directors. Mm-hmm. I do too, because I, I think, think it you, depends on you, how much they like the a, source. Yes, exactly. If you get a good director, it's going to be a good film. And the thing is, if you get a bad director, it's always going to be a bad film unless you really are looking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I do think when I look through some of the films in the past, I've always thought, oh, well, that's why it's good, because it's that director. And, oh, that's why it's Shikes. It was that one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah, uh, but I think quite- that's the funny thing about that. The subjectivity is obviously that's different for everyone. Now, for example, I would argue one of the most overrated garbage movies ever made, which is a Stephen King movie, and is so highly praised, like people teach it in film school all the time as a what to do. And I'm just sitting there like, no, don't do that. The Shining. Shining. I totally... Mm. But you see, I'm not a big Stanley Kubrick fan, so... I'm not either. I, I must admit. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's as good as what people think. But that, again, it's just my view, by the way. But, yeah, just you know, know, everyone's views is their own. Um, I exactly. will say I agree with you. I think he's overrated, but it's because there was he made some great movies. It wasn't necessarily he directed them great. They were just great stories, great movies, great actors, etc. And the like, thing with The Shining is... 
in at the time it was done, it was different. That's the only reason it stood mm. out. It's because yeah. it was different. But again, no, with Shannon, there's so much that's changed from the book. Mm-hmm. I would the TV adaptation they did is more faithful to the book. I really preferred the TV adaptation. And, and the that two, is the better. Two-parter. Yeah, even yeah. even Doctor Sleep, the new one, because they followed it up from Kubrick, they had to change a lot of Doctor Sleep in order to fit it in with that with The Shining. They had to adapt yeah. a lot of that. So it's it's forcing a future film to have to kind of recon itself to and and yeah to fit around um, what's there. You know, I'll be quite honest. I thought Doctor Sleep was phenomenal. It's brilliant. It's absolutely. I'll be honest. I've not seen it. I will. I didn't expect anything of it. I'll be frank. I expected very little, but I went in with low expectations and was wowed by how good Doctor Sleep was. It was a genuinely excellent movie. You know, lots of good callbacks Mm -hmm. to The Shining, and in any way, in many ways, I think improved The Shining. Improved it. Yeah, yeah. Because it made me feel like it was deeper. Yeah. Even the set design, they copied it. Perfectly, the set design for it, but it's but the thing was Doctor Sleep was there was hardly any advertisement for it that I remember at the time. It never really got promoted. It never really was showcased a lot. It was just kind of an under the radar one. I only and, even watched it because it was on HBO Max one night, and I go, "Ah, oh, fuck! Yeah. I've never seen that." And like ten minutes in, I was like, "Do I even want to watch this?" It's like two and a half hours long. I didn't realize it was a director's cut. Yeah, but you, once you're but in, man. So, oh, once you're, you're in, it's phenomenal. In. It's yeah. it's really good. I was shocked how good it was actually, because I thought, uh, fucking a kind of you know shining sequel. Who wants that? Well, I'm they went me over. What put me off was um, you and McGregor in it, which I, I love him, but I just thought you and McGregor playing like uh, uh, doesn't know he's going to do that very well. As like an adult Danny Torrance, but he fucking he's brilliant. He's no, absolutely he, superb. You know what? I've never been a big fan. Of uh, Ian McGregor, and then I saw him in Fargo, the TV show Fargo, and he blew me away. He was so damn good at that. And ever since I saw him in that, he just seems to be pulling out one thing after another where he's really nailing it as an actor. He's um, one of these. He got better as he got older because I think he started oh, taking much, more risks. Yeah. I think after he did um, uh, Ben Kenobi, I think yeah. he realized he had to step out the, the, the box and become something different. And he did that, and I think he did it well. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree at all. I mean, again, I look at him like I think back to the first thing I ever saw him was train spotting. And he was just some skinny little punk who was just, what, Glaswegian or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could barely understand a word he said. And he was good in it and everything, but, you know, how, how, how hard is it to act like you're a fucking asshole smacked out on heroin? I don't know. And then I saw him in a few other things. He was always just okay. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, why is this guy so popular? And like you say, that he was Ben Kenobi, and I was just like, oh, fucking Star Wars. And then suddenly, you know, mid mid to late two thousands, he's just started to fucking rocket. He's fantastic. Now, like, if he were Gregerson, something, I'm gonna go. Oh, I want to see that. Crazy, turned me right around. Um, but going to um, Stephen King adaptions, I know that's already probably. We we've already killed all the all the Stephen King fans by hating on The Shining. How can you well, guys be filmmakers? You don't like Kubrick because you know just because two thousand one Space Odyssey is a good movie doesn't make him a good director. It's not just that though. It's like why do we keep getting remakes of the Stephen King stuff as well? And there's more coming as well, which I am amazed at, by the way. But it's like you go back to his first film, Carrie. It is when you look. I'm actually now looking at that list you sent me. Yeah, and by this, I think it is. I think it tops his best ever film. Mm-hmm. 
it even beats the shine. Yeah. Now, why would you want to remake something like that? I'll be frank with you. I'll be very frank with both of you. I actually really enjoyed the Carrie remake. Which one? Because I, it's been two. Oh, Chloe sorry. Let me rephrase. The one with Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. Which yeah. one's that? Because I don't know who she is. She's uh, the girl that's in Kick-Ass. No, just tell me which one it is. Was it the is 2013 it the, one? Or was yeah, it 2013 one? one. Because there was there was a follow-up in the early 90s, wasn't there? There was a Carrie 2 in the early 90s. The Rage, yeah. Yes, then there was a remake. When was the first remake? I thought the Chloe Moretz one was the, re- was the first remake. No, apparently there was a one in 2002 also. Yeah, there was another one. I know there was. What the fuck? You know, was it, hang on, was it a made-for-TV one? It was. It was a made-for-TV one. That's why. Yeah, the Rage so that, 2 that, is Carrie that, 2. That was 99. So Carrie is in the TV section, which would explain why that one was poor. Mm. Yeah, that was now, that That's probably why I didn't bother watching the 2013 one, because I gave up with it, because Carrie 2 was poor, and the TV adaptation was poor. So I didn't even bother watching the 2013 one, in all honesty. Now, hear me out, it's, though, It's Wade. good. It's good. Yeah. No, it no, is it, is, it is actually really good. It was yeah, but uh, when the you, Carrie remake yeah. was excellent, but here's my but thing. But hang on, Why hang bother on, remaking it in the first fucking place? That's what I'm saying. That, it's a horror fan, mate. And mm. when you first met me, Hank, I was probably one of the biggest horror fans around. Now you barely watch, see me watching them because I'm sick of remakes. There's some classics out there which they just need to reshow rather than remake because they still stand up. They're still brilliant films. Brian De Palma pulled that off absolutely perfectly. He did. He did. Granted, 2013 might be a good one. I'm not saying it's not, but when you've been kicking the bollocks twice already, why haven't you tried for a third time? <laughs> well, the you thing is, I mean? I mean, I would argue that the Carrie remake was excellent. Clary Grace did a good job. It was more or less you know, a very, very excellent remake. But I think the original stands up so much. If anything, hey, good, there's a remake because it'll lead people back to the original, hopefully. I know that mm-hmm. people have this thing about some people, they only like watch people their own age and all this sort of shit. So you got to remake. Like they're talking about remaking all the Harry Potters already because, well, yeah, you know, all the people that, that watch yeah. it are 20 years older Starship and all this sort of shit. Yeah. All this stuff. yeah, you know, because everything comes in these fucking cycles. But I will tell you, you're probably going to hate me on this one, Wayne. I thought that the Andy Muschietti remake of it, the two movies, was better than the TV uh, miniseries. I loved the remake. Actually, I'm probably the only guy I know that loved Chapter Two. I thought Chapter Two was. Well, now you're wrong there because I was going to just say to you, I was bored, fucking stupid with Chapter One. I thought it was terrible, and then I watched the second chapter. I thought, wow, you've actually somehow clawed this back. You see now what's so funny is most people disagree. most people say chapter one was really good, but chapter two is terrible because it's so jokey. But I like the jokey nature. Yeah, of I like the jokey. That's what that's what the clowns. He's a fucking clown. He's got to be jokey. <laughs> no, I, I mean oh, more fuck. like I think with the overall the fact that there's like one liners. No. Like they come out the room, and they see the thing, and they go no fucking way, and they turn around. Yeah. But that's what you're going to expect in something like that. That's what I'm saying. It's about a clown. You need those kind of creatures. I, I love both chapter one and two. I thought they were fantastic. I thought it was the, the freshest horror movie I've seen in a while in the chapter one because saying- horror has went downhill so far that it chapter one was the best horror I saw that whole year. And that's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm but not it saying all. Could, oh, it could have been sorry. better. Yeah. It could have been, been better. You see, I'm. I'm 
It only could have been better if Tim Curry lived forever and was still oh, able to play God. the fucking Pennywise, see, man. See, when I, when I see a film adaptation of a book, I want to see the adaptation of the book. I don't want to see something changed here and something changed uh, there. I'm and, the opposite there. And the problem is, is that it is one that you would, especially nowadays, you could fucking never, ever, ever, nobody would green light the full version of the book as a script. Because of, the, got, that, because of the gangbang. Yeah, but well, that's the that's problem. Part of it, yeah, not but just eating, that. The, eating the baby and that it's just yeah, it would never get greenlit. It would never. And this, for oh, me, I always, I always miss that. I'm always like, oh, that's what I want. It's but, that, it's that in that person's head. That's what I want to see on film. I want to see how that comes across. This mm. is why I always ignore books to films because when you do read a book, and I have read one or two, don't get me wrong, when you read <laughs> a book, there are some things you just cannot categorically, impossibly put into a film. And I don't just mean for mm. violence, mean like that. I, I, I just mean the actual concept. You just can't do it. Uh, uh, you, you, you would have to change it somehow to make it work. Um, and that's in a lot of books. But going mm-hmm. back to remakes, I'm not all about saying remakes are bad because I've liked a few remakes. One in particular, which is the Stephen King one, I like both of them. I like the original and I like the remake. Don't say Pet Cemetery, please. Don't say Pet Cemetery. No, fucking the remake. That was just fucking dreadful. It was horrific. It was was an insult. It was an absolute insult to the first because the first two movies were good, but the first I actually really liked the sequel. Actually, Pet Cemetery Two was was amazing. No, by by comparison to the first, oh Salem's Lot's fantastic. No, but have you seen the remake? I wasn't even aware there was a remake. Two thousand four, they did another TV adaptation of it. Rob Lowe. And no, they, I must... apparently, apparently, this one actually does stick more to the book. See, I think the original Salem's Lot is just original brilliant. is brilliant. It is, but it has. I would, I would like to see a proper movie adaptation of that, not a TV remake. But I'd love to see. I, well, a it is more like of that. I, I would strongly recommend you go and watch it. Seriously, it's you might just be pleasantly surprised. The vampires are creepy. Rutger Hauer plays a brilliant vampire. Need I say more after that, but you know what I mean. Um, but no, honestly, the, the, the Rob Lowe actually does David Saul's character really, really well. I was actually because I was never ever massively sold on Rob Lowe, I, I always thought he was just an okay actor, but he pulled it off in that. And I saw a different Rob Lowe on that, I'll be honest. Mm. Rob Lowe for that. me is only at his best when he's pissing on electric fences. Well, he probably did want to win this film because he was probably that shit scared. <laughs> nah, no gets, honestly, no, it is. No one gets that reference? That's okay. That's okay. No. No yeah, dude. The one guy out there got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. See, see, can I be honest? I think the best adaptations of his work isn't the horror stuff. It's more the the psychological thriller side of things. So, like, my two favorites, and one of which hardly is anyone ever heard of. First one's Misery. I think that's... Everyone is heard of misery. <laughs> no, no, but that's not the one I was on about. That's not the one I was on about. The second oh, okay. one is the one that I don't heard of. But misery, I think, is amazing. Oh yeah, misery Absolutely was amazing. fantastic. Could but you get, go wrong with Rob Reiner? Yeah, wow. Rob Reiner, and then you've got two phenomenal actors, Kathy yeah. Bates, who's uh, amazing. I'm, I'm saying, and could James you go Kahn. wrong with having Rob Reiner at the helm? That's what I'm saying. You, oh, no, I'm saying know, between the three of them, though, that's like such a perfect storm of you know oh. it's going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. 
it's 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 probably one of my favourite films. It's as near perfect as I can think of. Like if you want to do filmmaking as a <laughs> as a showcase, don't pick The Shine and pick that. Yeah, it's un- I, would, it's I would under- agree with that. It's, it's very oh, understated. It never goes. It never goes really over the top. They it's play the suspense nice and quiet, well. Even, yeah, it's played yeah. quietly, isn't it? It's- I would even suggest if you're teaching, go to Stand by Me. Mm. I would yeah. choose that well that. over The Shining. You don't like Stand by Me. I, I do, but it's it was never one of my favorites. It was, You've got to you know be is. the I, only guy in the world I know who didn't grow up watching again, Stand by Me. Is that not an age thing, it. though? Is that not an age thing? Quite possibly. Chris is, is quite younger than us, I think. Oh yeah, wait, how old are you, Chris? Thirty-seven. Oh, actually, no. It's not that much fucking younger than us no, at no. all, man. So, but it, don't get us wrong. I think I think it's played brilliantly. It's just I don't know. It's just never one of my favorites. So let um, me guess your favorite. Well, I've just said it, Misery. <laughs> no, 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 you no, said no, there was two and one was more obscure. The, the other one, I'm going to guess on. the other one. Hold on, I'm going to guess it. I'm going to guess if you get Secret this, Window. I'll, I'll be, no. Okay, second guess, The Mangler. And, it, and, it's not, <laughs> and you said it's not a horror again. It's not a horror. It's a, it's a psychological the dead, one. The dead oh, wait, it, oh it's, it's not a horror. It's not a horror. It's a psychological one. Hmm. Thriller more think? than anything else. Okay, hold on. I will give you as a clue if you want. Did, did was Wayne right? Oh, hang yeah. on. No, 1408. I know, but I fucking love that. Yeah, 1408 <laughs> was <laughs> amazing. And the books were amazing as well, but I do love that. But no, I'll, I'll give you a clue Ian McKellen. Mm, oh, okay. App Pupil. Yeah. Yeah. I think See, that. See, I didn't is, like App Pupil that much. I fucking loved it. I absolutely <sighs> loved it. I thought it was fine. I thought that, you know. Even was it Renfro in it as the kid? In fact, in fact, you know what? I'm wrong. App Pupil isn't my second favorite. <laughs> no, I've just remembered one. I've just remembered You're indecisive one. fucker. And, no, and I, I'm going to hurt myself later for actually forgetting this one. Needful things. Needful things, yeah. You know what? Needful things is phenomenal. I love needful things. I was quite surprised you didn't see that one, actually. Needful things is just... Max Monsado is superb in that. He is. He is. And I mean, Ed Harris is great. Everyone's great. Ed Harris. We well, kind of go right again. You can't really go wrong with Ed Harris. And but the funny year, thing is, the, right? But the I will say, stuff is better than the horror. I think that when when we're doing an adaptation. I mean, I would agree and disagree. It depends on which movie you're talking about. But I would. Here's my argument. Right. Number one, I think that. You know, Wayne has often said to me on occasions, because obviously we're all filmmakers um, and we do a lot of writing. We do a lot of producing. Wayne has said to me on many times, hey, I'll hold my hands up. I'm not a writer. I'm just an idea guy, which I think is ridiculous. It's not true at all. But that's definitively true of Stephen King because <laughs> he comes out. No, no, no. He comes out with a great idea like Dead Zone's a good example. So I touch someone and I can see an important part of the future and we got to change that. But then, like, by the ending, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's it's a nuke, and there's a guy, and it might be a thing, whatever. And, you know, a, a, what's a really good example is Needful Things. So we have every item in this store is something that you desperately would covet, but to get it, you've got to do a bad deed to someone else, which creates their desire for more things and back and forth and plays each other against each other. And at the end, they just kind of go, you know what, man? Fuck it. Blow everything up. Have it back. Have it back. We don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and, and a lot of his stories are, are this way where it's like a great idea. And at the end, he just goes and we're done. I don't know. Don't know how to end it. 
Also, I think he relies heavily on the uh, disability trope, which I find hilarious. If you really pay attention to his movies, there's always, almost always, one person who's either deaf, and that's the secret to everything, is the deaf person, or slow, and that's the secret to everything, is that, you know, someone with cerebral palsy or something, or down syndrome or whatever i mean lawnmower that's the, man that's the plot of Dreamcatcher, isn't what? it really let's dream read. catcher oh god <laughs> dream catcher is a shit weasel the pure shit weasel of life is Dreamcatcher. <laughs> the worst fucking story the worst fucking adaption the worst fucking everything and then you know every poor actor in it like jason lee he had to turn to doing fucking um Chipmunk movies after that because of that movie being so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking killed his whole career, man. But yeah, I feel like Stephen King has great ideas and that often just kind of this is the way I look at Stephen King's writing process. Interesting plot point. Interesting idea. Introduce the characters. And then and it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, don't get me wrong. There's exceptions to the rule. I think Misery is an incredibly well thought out story, beginning, middle, and end. I think that D- Dolores Claiborne is a well thought out thing. Um, most movies and books don't follow that. Thinner is a good example. Awesome idea. And then just a real obvious, stupid, just meh solution at the end. See, for me, up until maybe the mid-90s, I thought he was doing brilliant. You know, Bar in the Shine, you had Creepshow, which was good fun. Cujo, which was mm-hmm. brilliant. The Dead Zone, which I really enjoyed. Like you say, the ending was a bit... Mm. Christine, come on, John Carpenter, you're not going to go any more than that. Even Children of the Corn had its moments. And why did the, 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 the follow-ups? I've got no idea. I mean, how many seven or eight follow-ups? Oh, there's a ton um, of them. I didn't even know how many there yeah. was. Firestar, yeah, fantastic. Cat's Eye was all right. Silver Bullet, I loved. I'll be honest, I think that's one of the, the hidden gems of werewolf films, Silver Bullet. Oh, Silver Bullet is fucking yeah. amazing. Um, Absolutely Corey, amazing. him and Gary Busey were just fantastic in that. Maximo yes, Drive, are. I know people hate it, but come on, it's just good fun. Stand By Me, another crack. So you, you're going down this list of 80s and you're thinking, wow, how can this man go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Creepshow too. The Winterman Pet Cemetery, Tales of Dark Side, Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift, I think, was the where I started to turn a little bit. And yet, right. that's probably my all-time favorite, all-time favorite Stephen King adaptation. Do you know what it was with me? Right when I first saw that, I went to the pictures and I hated it. But as I got older, I started appreciating it. But See, I, I just love the pure, over-the-top, stupid nature of it. It's so fucking retarded. Like even down, having, uh, even down to having, even down to having, fuck Brad Darif as the um, exterminator, who's way takes it way too personally, killing these rats, way too personally, and you're like, oh boy, I can't wait for him to get his comeuppance, and he's gonna have a thing with, he's gonna have a one on one with the rats or something. Nah, he's just gonna fall over and kill himself. Yeah, that was the saddest part by yeah. far. I just thought that was amazing, though, because it wasn't as a kid watching that. That was not my expectation. So when he basically dies so obscurely, I was sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? But, you know, if we're talking about adaptions, we're talking about Stephen King. You have to talk about one of the best adaptions of all time that really shows how fucking terrible his endings can be. The Langoliers. 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, right, yeah. a bunch of people fall asleep on a plane and they wake up. This is for anyone who doesn't know Langoliers because it was an obscure uh, made for TV version. Like, oh, it's like five hours long as well, guys. Um, the Langoliers, these guys wake up on a plane and one of those Bronson Pinchot, which is already fucking hilarious. And um, then they realize that time is frozen. The whole world is frozen around them. They can't see or do anything. But then, oh, in the distance, there's these things that are eating away time. The Langoliers, they eat time so that new time can pass. So they get back they look like in the plane. They with teeth, don't they? Yeah, when they, they look when like they everything. Yeah. yeah, they just look like testicles with teeth running around eating shit, which I love Rick and Morty totally played on the Langoliers in one of their episodes. Anyway, um, so they fly the plane again. And they're like, we got to stay ahead of the Langoliers, but how can we? And they're like, wait a minute. I have a solution. We were all asleep. Let's go back to sleep. And so everyone but one guy who has to fly the plane goes back to sleep. And the one guy who's flying the plane, I guess, gets eaten by the Langoliers. Everyone else wakes up like nothing ever happened. But that one guy is gone. And I'm just like, wow. How fucking high were you, dude? But I, I, well, that's just it. I think that's another one of those where I was explaining early on. Some books... You just can't really put into a film, and that proves. Yeah, can't you, you know what I mean? But again, I feel like writing a lot of this well, stuff, he's, he's off his yes. face. Yeah, you know, he's off his face when he's writing a lot of this stuff. Like he's which is a shame because the director with that I used to like his films. Mm. Uh, Tom Holland, I think it was. Uh, you know, and from do that it was like, I mean, his directorial debut was Fright Night. You know, what I mean, he did Child's Play, he did Dinner. Yeah, he, you know, he's done some good stuff, and then he did that, and it's like. Why? I'll tell you real quick what I loved is, and I know it's 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 considered a derivative work because obviously it's not directly following all of his stuff. I was never, even though I'm a big Christian, uh, sorry, Christian, um, Christopher Walken fan, <laughs> and I really like um, David Cronenberg's movies, I always thought The Dead Zone was just okay. I never really cared for The Dead Zone, but they made a TV show of it, in the yes. 2000s with um, uh, Anthony, Anthony Michael uh, Anthony yeah. Michael Hall Hall yeah yeah Anthony Michael Hall that show was fucking awesome I love that think show they lost it toward the end though oh no the third or fourth season is absolute trash like the, yeah. as soon as they brought 9-11 into the show and he had to like solve where Osama Bin Laden was or some bullshit like that I was like nope I'm done nope nope you don't go there don't do that but the little episodes where it was just him solving like a local town thing, they were awesome. It was a really good show. I tell you, I've just read something there. I, do you know what they're doing a Pet Cemetery prequel? Why would you though? Why would you what want to do that? F- how how would you do that? Why? But then again, it's like you see, I thought the adaption of the mist uh by Frank Darabont was absolutely fucking pitch perfect i love the stupid monster designs i love the way they handled the store and the people breaking down and the ending i'm not going to ruin it for anyone who might not have seen it yet but i would suggest you go watch the mist for its amazing happy ending one of the best (laughs) most glorious hollywood endings of all time and then i guess you know because five people liked it they made the fucking tv show version why the hell was that a tv show 
Yeah. Well, the same with under the dome. Into the ground. Oh, under the dome was just diabolical. Again, it's great just, Stephen King thing, right? Yeah. In the sense of, what if there was a big fucking dome under stuff and on top of stuff? Oh, that's genius. What's the solution? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just take one film and stretch it out over as long as possible as we can do. It was just, yeah. But it's okay because Hank from Breaking Bad's here. You'll tune in. No, they didn't. Terrible. And yet, you know what? I'll tell you what was really good. And they canceled it. And I was actually really devastated to cancel it. It was Castle Rock. Do you ever watch that show? Castle, I, Castle Rock's fantastic. I was looking forward to where they were taking that. And they fucking canceled it after after the second season. Yeah. The, uh, what's the name of the girl who plays young Annie Wilkes again? I can't remember her name. Oh, let's find out. Uh, shit. Because uh, mine's gone blank. Because the kid as well, it left it, it left it unanswered. Like, who was the kid? What was he about? Yeah, who is who is also he, he's the one that plays it as well, isn't he? In the remake, if I remember yes. rightly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, and he was really fucking good as well. He was amazing. Yeah, it was Rock, Lizzie actually, Kaplan plays anyways. All the Easter eggs of tying everything all together, and like the fact it's in Salem's Lot where it's filmed. And, Exactly, it, and you just you just knew it was going to lead to so many bigger things. Yeah. It was getting really exciting, and then it just went <sighs> devastating, yeah. man. The Outsider, yeah, I I really enjoyed The Outsider. I thought I thought that was absolutely brilliant as well. The run about making more spin-offs to that, mm. but I thought that was a fantastic show as well. Yeah. Oh, don't be the guy's had some hits. He's had some goddamn hits. I mean, I think everyone on the planet knows of some of Frank Darabont's biggest adaptions. Obviously, Shawshank Redemption, The Green mm-hmm. Mile. Now, they would be examples of what you were talking about of not the horror stuff, but the more dramatic stuff being so well uh, translated. Yeah. And again, two of the most popular films probably of all, which considering the Shawshank was a flop when it first released. It, yeah. It, two of the most successful and highly regarded films of probably all time. Realistically, I've, I've read Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption, the novella, and found it terrible. It was okay at best, but mm-hmm. the movie expanded that so beautifully and was so well written as far as an adaptation goes. That I mean, you know, this is the thing when you take a book to a movie and you're saying, "I want to, I want to see more of the book." That's not always a good thing. I look at something like Fight Club. The book is good, but the movie topped it. The ending in the movie, even Chuck Palahniuk says that's a better ending. I think a good ad- mm-hmm. a good adaptation is not taking the book word for word, but taking what works in it and strengthening that and losing what doesn't work. So well, I mean, I don't fl- want to see an exact copy. There's no book that's yeah. perfect. You know what I mean? So you've got the flip side of that as well, where they take the wrong stuff from the movie, uh, the wrong stuff from the book. Gerald's Game on Netflix. I was oh that's god, one of my, that's one of my favorite books. Gerald's Game. It's yeah. it's the only book I've ever had to put down halfway through reading it because I thought I was going to be sick. Like, it's so descriptive. <laughs> and it, again, no spoilers, no spoilers, but there's a scene in it where it just gets... No, spoilers, it's fine. The, no one cares. Oh, fuck it, yeah. Where basically she's handcuffed to the bed, and in order to get out of it, she basically has to peel her own skin off her hand to, in order to... And the description in the book, it is literally so... Gra- and, but it's fantastic. It's just... It's this woman who's suffering. She's locked, like... It's basically she's playing sex games with her husband and he ties it in the bed and he starts getting a bit carried away. She says, stop, and he doesn't, and he dies. He has a heart attack through it. But And it's her 
chained to this bed, middle of nowhere. Nobody like knows she's there and she's got to escape. The book is just amazing. It is so well crafted, so well written. But then they transferred that into the into the Netflix film and they kept basically the only thing they kept was the elements of the story, like why she's there and what happened. The rest of it, they, all the good stuff, they lose. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's one of the ones, you know, when you get really excited, you hear it's coming out and you go, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. This is going to be brilliant. It's like, and then you see it and you go, oh, no. The thing is, you see, it's like Wade was saying earlier, some things you can't adapt, right? And I think or part shouldn't. of the thing about that, or shouldn't, exactly. Part of that is, you know, the whole theory with films that sometimes it's, it's scarier what you don't see. Because you yes, your imagination totally wander. Agree. Well, when you're reading a book, you're imagining it, and especially depending on how it's described, how it's written, how it's how it's uh, relayed, you're filling in blanks that they're not even giving you. Because <clears throat> sometimes you're making it worse than what it should be. Exactly. Your mind, your mind goes over overdrive, kind of thing, and you know everybody sees things differently. So you're making your own mind up, and that's sometimes a better way to do it. There's no better example than H.P. Lovecraft. Most of H.P. Lovecraft's stories follow down to the same path, which is what I saw was so terrifying. It turned my hair white. I can't describe to you what it was. It was too terrifying. You just because if you knew about it, you couldn't even deal with it, man. It's too much. So I'm not going to tell you the detail. It's that horrifying. And your mind starts wandering. Now, when you see someone do a Lovecraft adaption where they show things, it's always less scary than what it could have been. And now one movie that did that right is In the Mouth of Madness. Oh. Because if you fully saw, you'd go insane, right? So you never fully see it in the movie the whole way through. He never fully sees it. You never fully have see you, it. Have you seen that, Chris? I've not seen that, no. <gasps> Sam Nail. Sam oh, Nail. Oh, my God. John Carpenter directs it. it. I actually saw this in America in New York and I fucking loved it. In the it Mouth of Madness so is there. amazing. It's the best it takes, Lovecraft adaption. It, it's not a Lovecraft I adaption. I think it's one of the first films what ever took me into another dimension without being there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was. I was literally lost in time. It was that good. In my early 20s, I had a few nights out like that. got to be honest with me. That's got them for you. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, though. I'm looking at this this year's sent over, and there's one what's not on here. Mm. What's that? Now, whether it's not an adaptation, I don't know, but I'm sure it's the Stephen King one. Um, I love it. Sleepwalkers. Yeah, that's no. a Stephen King one. Is Alice Trees and Brian Krause. Yes. Yeah. Sleepwalkers. Yeah, he- is, it's a weird fucking film, though. You can, you oh, can tell that was, in his, that was in his drugs phase. You can tell again. Well, Wait, 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 wait. I think wait. it came out with the Tommy Knockers at the same time, and I love both of them. Roughly, yeah. Tommy Knockers is fantastic. Mark Helden, I'll tell you why it's not on the list. Did he is, not write the book and it was just a, a script? It's just a movie. Right. But he did write it, though, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote it. Sleepwalkers is definitely a Stephen King, yeah. 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 See, that, that is a cracking film. It shouldn't work. Like, when you hear the plot line of it, you know, Alien Mum and Son, they fucking kill virgins. It's like, well, you go, sorry, the what? Cats, aren't they? They're, they're more like the cats, cat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. cats have to defend you, you, people yeah. and everything. It's amazing. You go like, sorry, run that rhyme again. But when you watch it, it's just, oh, it's fantastic. And if the love story behind it's brilliant as well. It's, 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 it is. It's a really good film. I think that movie is made, though, 
completely by its soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack's good as well. Yeah. Because it's uh, so um, identifiably Sleepwalker soundtrack. You yeah. know what I mean? With the what is it, Enya? Yeah. I think it is for the I main think it track. is Enya, yeah. It's 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 I'm sure it, it is. Became, Enya or Enigma, it's one of the two. Yeah, it became like really identifiable to that movie. And then even the little the love song they listen to together all yes. the time. That's what I mean. Uh, the the really weird opening to it and everything. It's, it's such it's, a creepy, weird isn't film. It? Isn't yeah. it? It's it's one of those what literally gets in your skin and into your body kind of thing as you're watching it, but not not like not like uncomfortable or horrible, just bizarrely. Yeah, and I would I would recommend it to people. I've I've watched that my whole life since I was a kid. I've had it on DVD and video and everything, and I've always loved and thought. It, I don't know why I love it. It's one of those movies where you can't place why you, you like. You can't it. exactly. You can't <laughs> quite put your finger on what. It's so like Chris about. said, it shouldn't work at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> it really it shouldn't. shouldn't. It shouldn't I mean, be here, but it just does. For me, I showed. Things, uh, sorry, go away. For me, one of the things I like about it, obviously is the effects. I thought the way they made them look half cut, half human was absolutely brilliant. Oh, some of the gore effects when they kill him at the dinner table yeah. as well, though. Yeah. Oh, man. But it is. Good. It's just. It's just one of those that like you see. It's just like it. It draws you in. You don't know why. But here's the kicker, right? I tried to show this. I spotted it on. Um, I think it was Netflix or somewhere. I spotted it one. Oh no, I was on my Plex, man. I was running through Plex one day looking for a movie to watch with Danielle. And I go, oh, here's a movie I haven't watched in a while, and it's a classic. Have you never seen it? Oh, well, we've got to watch it. Sleepwalker. I put it on. The music comes on. I'm instantly like, oh, man, Bonica. Oh, this is incredible. And she's going, that, that Lauren Hill song? I'm like, no, it's not the fucking Lauren Hill song. <laughs> no, she fucking sampled fucking that hell. shit. Keep watching the movie. Okay. So I'm watching the movie, and it cuts to the, like, oh, the f- family's dead. What's with all the cats? And it shows all the cats strung up and, like, disemboweled and everything. And she just went, Nope, turn it off. Off. Never even watched it. Couldn't deal with all the ah. cats at the beginning. Missing out. Absolutely. That's exactly out. what I said. Yeah. I'm like, yes, there will be cats killed, but that's a that's another theme that seems to have followed through a couple of his stories, isn't it? That cats are the defenders. Mm. Yes. Look, yeah, well, he did, did he did cats, cats eyes, didn't he? Yeah. 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 I remember yeah, that. Cats eyes, that the, um... Pet Semi? Well, Pet Semi? That was all about the cat at the beginning, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't so yeah, much. Def- it wasn't a defender no. in that one. It, it <laughs> was the kid, though. It, it wasn't yeah. the kid. Oh, true, true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Now I'll tell yes. you, uh, this will probably get Chris excited, but me and Wade are gonna go. Uh, uh, gonna I'm already go, doing uh, this. I'm already doing this. Sorry. You're Keep probably clean, Keep no, no, listen. Chris. You're probably a big fan of Edgar Wright. I would make that assumption. Right. Is that uh, true you, or wrong? Please, please, you're not going to tell me what you think you're going to tell me. The remake is doing. Yeah. Go on. Oh, Edgar Wright off. is expected to be doing a remake of The Running crying. Man. Crying. I'm already crying. What? Why? Crying. Yeah, exactly. All oh, right. No. Why? No, he just says exactly. why. That's exactly oh, what I was hoping for. Yeah, why? Expecting. No, just. No. Again, if you're going to remake ones, remake the shit ones. Ah, you know, you. like this, the stuff, the stuff, the stuff, the stuff, like ah, fucking again. Right again, I'll choose a couple of Netflix ones that have been done recently. Nineteen twenty-two, a good marriage. A good marriage was okay, but it wasn't. You know, take those, remake them. Mm-hmm. You know, remake the stuff that's that's. Ah. Well, here's another one. The remake sounds da- da- again. Dark Tower. Take fucking Dark Tower. Like. 
a series of books that dwarfs the Lord of the Rings trilogies, fucking makes them look like like a, a, a pamphlet. You know, they made that. They tried to make a film out of that, and it was the most. You've got fucking Matthew McConaughey and fucking Idris Elba, and the thing was just like, what is this absolute pure horse shit? It's just, oh god, oh, yeah, I'm saying Chris, was, Chris, they were doing sale on the slot. They're remaking Firestarter. They're remaking With Christine. Salem's Lot, I, I mean, I, haven't, I didn't know about the 2000s one. I didn't, I'll hold my hand up to that. But again, that's that's a little bit more dated now. That's it is. Bringing it, it, bringing it, it had, in. You know, that is okay. But Running Man isn't, I, mean, I was going to say it's not even that old, but fuck, what's probably well, what, is, like yeah, 40 it's years? Old. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably 40 it's, it's, years. Dude, you're saying that, right? There's only about, what, seven, eight years between those two films. Mm. It's just, 87 I think uh, Running Man was the bang was it uh, yep. definitely mid, mid to late wasn't it yeah, it, yeah no, 87 just, 87 yeah no sorry I just uh, like another one In the Tall Grass take that remake that that wasn't executed particularly very well mm. you know that remake the shit stuff not the good stuff it's it comes back with hands and they try to introduce it well, to a new audience. But, but you know, I, no. I was just going to say, you know why they remake the good stuff, don't you? Because it was so successful the first time, they think it's going to be automatically mm. successful next time. Yeah, introduce but, a new audience, hunt for more money. It's just it's fucking space yet, balls, isn't it? The quest for more money. It's like, yeah. fucking, you know, but just to me, no. to me though, why not just do follow ups? If you really mm. want to fucking try and cash in, do a fucking follow up. But again, but then do you not get that problem of like carry two? Is it you know when you haven't got source material to run from? The rage. It's <laughs> the problem you had with carry two was they just basically remade carry. They mm. didn't what they didn't do was take the story further, which is what you should be doing with the follow-up. But this and is but just, there's so much other work they can go to. You know, his short story collection, if you look at like his anthology collection. There's fucking hundreds of them. Well, look at the there's, creep shows. Why not just hundreds. make each each one of those into a feature? Well, you could take anything. Nightmares and Dreamscapes. You mentioned that earlier, Hang, which thank yep. you. I thought, some of those episodes were brilliant. Some of them were shit. I think arguably the best one is probably The Road Virus. Mm-hmm. Heads north, that one. But it's, again, when you look through his short story setup, there's fucking hundreds and hundreds you can choose from. You know, and it doesn't, and there's the argument that they say, well, it's a short story, you can't make a full film out of it. Bullshit. The Shawshank Redemption. That yeah, was a short exactly. story that they adapted into it. You know, you can take all of these other works. I mean, I mean, I dare, I dare say he's probably the most adapted writer of all time. I know you said that at the start, but I, I think he probably is. Yeah. You know, we've already identified 50 plus easily, and that's not counting single episode TV shows. Mm-hmm. But you look at you look at his short works and take those and expand those. Don't I'll tell you what I would love to see a feature of. The mm-hmm. Raft. The I raft, think The Raft is, would make a full feature. I love I The Raft, but I don't think you do a feature out of no, it. No, no, I disagree. Way. Remind if, me. If you, hang on. It's if you do a, too. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, if you do yes, a full feature yeah. of a shark chasing people in a fucking cage or two people in a fucking ocean all the way through, then you do a fucking feature of The Raft. But they have kind of just not. Let me rephrase. Hold on. Where it's in a boat with um. Yeah, let me rephrase. You can adapt it. I don't think you should adapt it. 
into you a see, future. I don't That's know what I'd I mean. Like to see, see, I wanted to see more deaths. I want to see more because the way that was killing them was brilliant. It was and brilliant. And to me, you could easily have had a big party there. It could have been like um, Piranha. Do you know what I mean? It didn't just have to mm. be the four of them. So you could make a feature for them. Okay, okay. No, the thing is, you turn it into like a festival, especially if it was a festival like on a small island. This like is what, what I mean. they tried to do with, um, was it House of the Dead they tried to do it with? Oh, where they made yeah, it to House, like a rave yeah. on a little island or something? Yeah. Yeah, you do it that way, and they're stuck literally on this piece of land, but then let's say the water's encroaching on it continually. It's rising, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got one group on the land, one group on a raft. Then, yes, you have a fucking full movie. But if you would have just adapted four guys and girls go no, out, no, 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 yeah, then do it would be like, guys. Nah. Yeah, you'd have to do it with a, a party of people. That's that's the way to do it, like you say. And I think well, you see, be, yeah, see, yeah, there you okay. go. We need to write Stephen King's so listen, we need to make this feature film now. I see. There was the blatant ripoff. Have you ever seen The Sand? Which is a blatant ripoff. Of yeah, that. I saw a couple of clips from it. And that was enough for me. I yeah. don't need to watch the whole thing. It's it, it is. It's just. It's a ripoff of the raft. Just they're doing it on land rather than sea. Like in, in well, you the see, water, there was a sun. But but there was a sand one done back in the eighties. Um, called oh, what was it called? Blood, Blood not Beach. Not no, 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 no. Blood Beach, and it was where people were getting eaten by the sand. And I always remember one particular scene where the dog was. But I mean, it's her trying to bite something and it took its head off and the poor dog's body was just left. Sounds familiar. I recognize that. Yeah. So that was that was done years ago. So they've, they've already done stuff like that. But there's just something about a big tarmac just not letting you past. And me, I would have been scared of water. That would freak the shit out of me. Now, the thing, I'm just going to go back a step and talk about um, Frank Darabont who most people know these days because he was obviously heavily involved with The Walking Dead at first. But, uh, I mean, his body of work is much better than that. I mean, he did The Green Mile. He did Shushing Redemption. He did The Mist. Um, He wrote the 1988 version of The Blob. You know, he wrote, um, what do you call it? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Well, he got his start by doing one of the Dollar Babies. Now, we briefly touched on this at the beginning of the episode. Stephen King has on his website, and he's had it for, what, 30 years now, a section of his website devoted to uh, what he calls Dollar Babies, which are a series of short films that he's designated to only be made uh, as short films for up-and-coming or first-time filmmakers, which he will license to them for $1. And Frank Darabont's first, everything he wrote and directed was a dollar baby from Stephen King. And he did it on the, he did it on the basis of, he said, I want to, I want, I want the uh, Shawshank Redemption. And Stephen King was like, well, you can't have it. It's expensive and you're a nobody. And he's like, well, I'll do a dollar baby. And if it's really good and I can raise the money, can I have Shawshank Redemption? He said, if you do a good dollar baby and you can raise two and a half million, then you can do Shawshank Redemption. And you know what? It took him. It took him eight years, but he fucking did it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool, and I think that's a cool concept that Stephen King has with the Dollar Babies. And I've seen that actually quite a few of them have been produced. Most of them go nowhere. They do. Most of them go nowhere. Um, but that's thing that's because people look at it and go a dollar and Stephen King. Well, that'll instantly make me famous. No, it won't because these are the worst stories he's ever written. 
Yeah. There's not many good dollar babies. I looked through the whole list. I was going to make one at one point. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll do it. And I looked through the list. And I was like, oh, my God. These are all so dull. Oh, my God. These are like literally the things he wrote while he was taking a shit one day. Um, well, I'm not going to list down. There's not many left. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. All the best ones have already been like nibbled up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a, a fantastic idea. And I love that aspect of give a little back to the up and comers, not just here. I am famous. I'm I'm successful. Give me all the money in the world for my product. No, he he tries to help the little guy a little bit as well. And he also obviously has written books on writing, which I've read. And he's uh, he gives lots of speeches and stuff like he did before the before he got hit by that band that time, um, before he was going blind and all that other shit. And you know he's always been someone that tries to help everyone understand that they can be the next Stephen King if they wanted to. And I think that's cool. I always love it when people do that little give back. You know, it's like um, Moby, the music artist, has a section of his website that you can you can um, license just about anything he has if you tell him what it is and you'll credit it and you'll pay like a dollar unless it's successful or makes any money, then you have to pay a certain licensing fee. But he licenses it to nobodies for nothing if they're nobodies. And I think that's fucking cool. I love it when people yeah. give back. Why we don't live in a society where people give back more, I don't know. It's like everyone's trying to price gate stuff to make sure you can't get anywhere. And then people like Stephen King at least give that little bit of like, come on, guys. Everyone needs a chance. Yeah. And I'll give but him total credit for that. opportunities to it, you know? Exactly. So more than him just being a good storyteller or him being a good idea man or anything, in that sense, he seems like a genuine good fucking person. And I'll always hold my hands up and say I'm a Stephen King fan for that one fact that he gives that up. I'm just trying to find out how many Stephen King anthology books there are. Uh, it's like five, isn't there? <laughs> I think there's more. I feel like there's five. Uh, I might be wrong. I could be wrong. I will say as well, though, um, um, I'll tell you, I only realized I didn't realize it had actually been made. I one of my favorite, if not the favorite, Stephen King book I ever read was one of his more modern ones. And it was Bag of Bones. Bag of Bones. Do you know? I knew mm-hmm. you were going to say that. Because, dude, when I read it, I fucking loved it. I remember saying to you, "I'll tell you what." It was probably during Walk Away. I'd read it, and I said to you, "I would make a movie of this tomorrow if I had the money." Um, well, apparently, done a TV it? movie of it with uh, Pierce Brosnan. So I need to find you see that. Who directed it, though? No. Mick Garris? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I definitely have to check it out. Then. Yeah. But yeah, man, when I when I read that book, I fucking loved it. Crazy. Have you ever seen Hearts and Atlantis? That's a fantastic film. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, absolutely brilliant film. It's got... Um, Anthony Hopkins and Anton Yelchin Anton Yelchin in it. Um, like great actor, in bad it. driver. <laughs> it is, it is. God, I never um, sold that joke. But that's a fantastic. <laughs> that is so overlooked. Not just as one of his films, but just a film in any way. And when you well, watch I'll, it, the storytelling's fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, I've just looked it up here, and I'm looking at the poster, and I've passed this movie must be thirty or forty times. And I always thought it looked a little two terms of endearment for me, so I just never watched it because I didn't know what it was uh, about. No, it's it's brilliant. Um, 
Anthony Hopkins is essentially like a, a psychic and the government are trying to catch him because they want to use him. Um, and he's on the run, basically, and Anton Yelchin finds out. Um, it's just, oh, it's a fantastic film. It really, really is. And acted beautifully as well. And by the way, I've just looked up how many short stories there are with them. There's 11 anthology books. Oh, fuck. Much more That's than what I, I mean when I say when I say that and like one of those alone has 14 stories in it. You know, there's this one I mean Whoa. when I say like there's so much you can you can take off and just run with. Yep. Has has either of you seen Desperation? No. Yeah, I've seen it. Any good? Eh, it should be. It's um let me refresh my memory. I mean you've got, I, I have you've got, it on I have it on um, my, um, what do you call it? Uh, Plex. Plex. You've yeah. got Tom Scout, Ron Perman, Stephen Webb, and Matt Frewer. I mean, what a fucking cast. And then McGarris directed. If memory serves, the issue is it feels cheap to watch. It is a like TV. Like it's fine, but you can tell the budget wasn't there. Yeah, it was MIV TV. It does say that. Yeah, I feel like it's like, I'll tell you what it feels like is, you know, the Hitcher. Mm-hmm. The remake. No, I mean like the original Hitcher, but imagine it was it was filled with no money and it was them on a bicycle. That's what it feels like uh, in my nice. eyes. No, it's good though. It's it's yeah. It feels so, I mean, like there's a few of these I've never even heard of, and I'm just looking through them now, and I'm thinking, wow, they, they I mean, that, have you ever seen sometimes they good. come back? Oh, I love sometimes one. they come back. That's a good one. Did did you know they did a follow up? Sometimes they come back. Again, again, again. <laughs> really? Do you know what? I was taking the piss. I The thing yeah, is, yeah, though, they that. did a they did a sequel to Lawnmower Man, which is diabolical. Do you, do you know what though? It's diabolical. I, but I thought Matt, I thought Matt Frewer was brilliant in this. Well, yeah, Matt Frewer is always brilliant, just like Jeff Fahey's always brilliant in the original. But one good actor can't save a bad movie. Well, yeah, well, they did the Mangler too as well. Come on. And the now, Mangler how the, Okay, there's just for those who don't know out there who are not as versed in films as we are, The Mangler was a movie about literally like a fucking sentient mangling machine that runs around killing people. Yeah. The whole first the whole first half of the movie is like is it Robert Ungland in it? Robert I think it's Robert Ungland. Who, like, who was yeah. in our fan is brilliant. Oh yeah, he's good in it, but I mean it's such a diabolical plot for a it, movie it's terrible anyway terrible. so the whole movie is this machine is there which i i can't remember what is the machine again is it just a uh um, like a printing like press print or, machine or something isn't it yeah i thought it was a, like a clothes press or something isn't yeah it? i thought it yeah. might be a loom yeah. yeah i feel like it might be a loom in the original i can't remember anyway whatever this machine is it uh well let's find out uh yeah I'm sure it's like service. an industrial clothes press yeah like a yeah, it's like a big clothes press or a lube or something. Anyway, oh. people keep being in the room with it and then just dying randomly. And they keep making a mystery of it, like, what is killing the people in this room? I do not know. It's uh, very strange. And then in the third act, it fully comes alive and starts chasing people down hallways and shit. Mm. And I remember watching it even as a kid. I, I must have seen it in, like, 96. So I would have <laughs> been about 14, 13. And I remember watching it going, what the fuck? I wish there was a term like jumping a shark that I could say for this. And 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 then they made two more. I'm crying tears in the <laughs> eyes, though. Have you seen this in the next one? Why does he do it? 
Michael Ironside? Lance Henriksen. Oh, because Lance Hendrickson just goes where the money is, man. I know, but he's such a good actor. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but the thing is, right, there's some phenomenal actors who've done unbelievably terrible roles because many, it's their job. And also, I think that, you know, a good example of a fantastic actor who never gets to do is someone like Lance Hendrickson. Everyone knows him. They know his face. They know his performances. He's made his whole career off acting. And yet, I bet most people couldn't tell, tell you what he's in. Who? Lance Hendrickson. Oh, Lance Hendrickson. Oh, no. There's, there's loads like that, though. I mean, Brad Dereek's freaking, you know, the, you could go on forever naming the big actors mm-hmm. who have in a million and one things, but you'd never know them. Leland Dorse is like that, isn't he? You, you've you've seen him in everything, but you're not quite sure what. Well, Jeffrey Coombs is another one. Yeah. Or Alexander you know, Berkman. Matt, Matt Frewer. You know, he's been Matt Frewer is so good. He should have all... I'll tell you what it is. I saw Matt Frewer in a movie when I was a kid, and he made such an impression on me. I was instantly a massive fan. And uh, I thought to myself, oh, my God, this guy is going to be like, such an incredibly successful actor. And then years later, I'm like, why did he never get any role ever again? And then I realized he's in tiny roles and tons of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, you never been. saw him big again. And the movie he I saw him in was short time. Short time. He should have been Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey. Well, that's really ironic you say that. Cause I don't know if you know, but he voiced Jim Carrey's characters in the cartoons for Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because I've seen some of the characters and I'm watching them. I'm thinking, fucking Ellie is Jim Carrey in disguise. Good old, but he's good old Max Hedrum, man. I'm going to be honest. Exactly. Just, when we were talking about remakes there, I was just looking through. I am quite excited by one of these. A remake of Christine. I said, I told you. Death looks. Yeah. yeah, he mentioned uh, it. Nice. Oh, did you? Sorry, I switch off sometimes. Um, See, I, I just don't know. I'm not sure. Have you I'm going to be frank with you guys. I'm going to be frank with you guys. I think Christine is a shit fucking story. It's a That's stupid, why I'm not sure. stupid That's fucking why I'm not story. Sure. I thought John Carpenter did brilliant with what he had. Yes. That's what but I was going to say. That's because it's John Carpenter. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said before. If you get a good director, you can make some good. Well, get it's because, director. right, sentient car kills people. Well, there's some good iconography in that, but it's still fucking stupid. And what I Sorry, fear... Do you, want, do you want me to about, say the words maximum overdrive under my breath? Sorry. That's well, no, hold totally on. different. Because this is what I was about to say was, how much you want to explain it is what makes it different. And they kind of don't explain much of anything in Christine, except that it's like, isn't it like the ghost of someone is controlling the car out of vengeance? Yeah, similar yeah, like yeah. that, yeah. The book, so the it, book it's, this is the problem with Stephen King stuff. The book explains a lot more of the history than what a lot of the films do. We tend to overlook quite a lot. Yeah, but you see, I don't want the detail. I just want a car that'll kill people. But at least in Maximum Overdrive, it wasn't just cars. It was everything. No, it was everything electrical. It was when the kid got killed. The guy gets hit with like the fucking sodas coming out the machine. Yeah, that was, was like fucking, That's is amazing. That the, is that when they're on the baseball pitch? Or something? On the baseball yes. pitch, yeah. yeah. And like one kid literally gets fucking crushed to death and killed. Yeah. And then the, the, I like the kid who's running the wind gets literally hit in the back and just goes flying. 
Yeah. But then you've got the lawnmower who's chasing them. It's it's oh, the lawnmower. That's, oh, that's yeah. why my, I mean maximal drive. It's it's a, a terrible concept. Absolutely terrible. But it is just so fun. And the this, again, is, going back to what you said before, the soundtrack made that. Oh movie. yeah, clearly, hundred percent. But the thing is, you got Emilio there having to react to a fucking truck. It's already he was hilarious. Brilliant. If they hadn't see to me, right? If it was just trucks, if it was just you know, just trucks, just cars, etc. It would have been so fucking stupid. It was yep. the fact that they added so much needless shit to it, like the fact there's a giant fucking face of like the green goblin on that the front of just, the truck. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, the, the antagonist is a truck. <laughs> it just makes it fun. How is that not fun? I love That's my drive. Fucking even, just, even just the little the little fucking half track with the the machine gun mounted on it that seems to have an endless survive. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. It's just you just need, you just need to see Rambo standing there with it, didn't you? Yeah. Fuck all you guys. Yeah. I love that. Did movie. I fire did I fire one round or three million and twenty-eight? It's like fucking how big is the clip on this thing? No, but I, I do I like Christine. I I, I do like it. Partly because oh, I, I fucking no, love no, it. No, I think no, no. I, think, I, I think like it. Amazing, but it's just I'm quite excited to actually see that. Considering I've read just read who's attached to it, like Brian Fuller and Blue Mouse production. Like, I'm quite yeah, I quite fancy giving that a. I I'll love Brian a, Fuller. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a look. I love Brian Fuller, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm on the fence <laughs> because, like, also Brian Fuller, he's the master of starting something and not finishing it. You know, so I don't think the movie will ever even happen. You'll probably get move on to some other thing halfway through it. I'm looking at you, James Hannibal. Bond. I'm looking at you, fucking American gods, which never get a fucking ending. I'm furious about. It's like James Wan's pitch to do the new Tommy Knockers. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I can't I remember this. Is yeah. that the one where the, the aliens are underground, the Tommy Knockers? It's been years since I've seen it. Goo! Goo face. Yep. Yep. The yeah, luminous, luminous goo face. Yeah, they all have like bright green eyes or something, don't they? They get like took over. If, is that the mm-hmm. yeah goo face? The same one. Yeah, it's like he doesn't yeah. know what goo face yeah, is. Come on. <laughs> what um? What was the other one? That's it. The, actually, we haven't mentioned Storm of the Century. Mm-hmm. Have you seen nah. that? I nah. never saw that one. No, yeah. I never watched that nah. one. Nah, I nah, enjoyed that. I'll tell you a movie as a Stephen King story. I actually, uh, I love this movie. I thought it was really fantastic. But for some fucking reason, all my life, I didn't think it was a Stephen King story. I thought it was a Dean Koontz story because it's very Dean Koontzy. Is the dark half with Timmy The dark half. The remake in that? That doesn't fucking surprise me. It's one of those stories you could easily remake, yeah. Because that was George Romero, wasn't it? It was George Romero. But if you look at, like I say, if you look at uh, Dean Koontz stories, this just feels like one of them. It was, yeah. I agree with that. Mm, Dean Koontz, you know, Stephen King Jr. Oh, Thomas. That's a brilliant oh, Thomas. Oh, I, that's the one real kicker of that kid died was that should have been a series of movies. They were That was so good, the movie that, adaption. That ending of that film always gets me, always wells me up. Always does. And you know what? The whole it's series fucking- of books, I've read them. They're actually really good. Now I would be I would be a kid I would hate myself if I didn't bring this up because Jim can't be here, and 
<laughs> I know Jim would want me to talk about it. Is Secret Window, as I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, the Johnny the Depp movie, one. The Johnny Depp film. Yeah. I didn't like Secret Window when I watched it. I watched it. Uh, I got it on DVD. And I watched it. And I thought it was very okay at best. But for some reason, so many people tell me they fucking absolutely love Secret Window. And that it's like it's a total cult film now, you know, even though it was a yep. failure when it came out, it's become a cult film. So I would be I'd be an asshole if I didn't at least bring up for Jim that, you know, Secret Window is one. If you haven't seen it, you should probably watch it because everyone waxes about how fucking fantastic it is. Do you know what? I've With Secret Window, I've done what you do with Hearts and Atlantis. I've seen it like so many times. It's been on telly and I've gone nah, or on a stream. and I've just gone. Nah, don't fancy it. No. Nah. And just. Just gone past, moved on. It's like Cell. He's the other one. I just a couple of times, I've just gone. Nah, just leave it. I uh, so Cell did nothing for me. Did, so hey, Chris, he's one. Mm-hmm. He's one for you. Did you know they ever? Did you know they actually kind of remade Maximal Drive? Kind of. Well, it's based on the same story, I should say. It's not the. Trucks. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes, because there is, the, I do know that one. I was, for a moment there, I was thinking of the, what's the one where, is it the Cars the Day at Paris or something? There's one I was thinking of for a moment Oh, there. I know which one you mean, yeah. But no, they, they did trucks in, I think, the 90s, I want to say. But that was terrible. I, vaguely, I think I've seen it no, once, I've, I've, or I've seen like half just of it. get that in there. I vaguely, vaguely remember it. Um, yeah, never, never did that one. Never did that one. There's just there's just too many that they haven't done that they could do good things with. You know, it's just... Uh, By the way, you were basically trying to ask there what was Secret Window about. It's basically that there's a writer who's in Sorry. a little cabin. That's okay. Uh, in a little cabin, and he's being stalked by some guy who's accusing him of plagiarism. It's a little bit, you know, there's an element of misery in there, but mm-hmm. it's not played like that at all. I would definitely say it's worth looking at if you've never seen it, uh, because like I say, I, I thought it was OK. First time I saw it, I need to rewatch it because, like I say, Jim has went on and on and on about how much he loves this movie and how no matter what, he always finds himself watching it again. So I should really give it another try because I haven't seen it probably in full 15, 14 years or something like that. But also, when you're talking about great adaptions, I think we should end it on this show with a couple of lists well, of do's be- and don'ts. So I want to go through a couple. Before, oh, go on, go on. I was just going to go back to something we talked briefly early on, just to give you a heads up. Children of the Corn. Oh, there was actually nine Children of the Corns before the remake. Yeah, There's but why? There's a one for you. <sighs> Isn't the one and where he was- actually like follows them to the city or something? The, like yeah. the, the weird, the weird like um, I think I think that was Urban Harvest. I think that's the third one. Um, Which I will I will but, say this: that kid, the preacher kid in the first. Oh, one, he was creepy, wasn't and, he? And um, I can't remember the name of the other lad, the ginger one, the gormless looking one. Yeah, yeah. They're brilliant Gormous. in that. They are so. But he he's the one for you. Have you seen the 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 amazing title for the sixth one? Go on. Any Gets cornier. Gets cornier. Children of the Corn. Much cornier. There you go. Children of the Corn. 666. Lame. There you go. There you go. 
I just, you know what? I saw Children of the Corn, and it was it was good. How you could make that many sequels? But then again, I watched Hellraiser. I thought Hellraiser was great. I can't believe there's so many sequels. Yeah, yeah. There's been um, a couple more as well. Happened there recently. Oh, I'm I sure there's a couple more. I'm there's a new when, one coming out, but I think it's more of a remake. I think. Yeah. But when Doug Bradley Pinhead. fucked them off. When Doug Bradley fucked them off, you knew that, like, all right, this is time to stop watching. <laughs> now that's a that's an episode for another day. Is the people are losing their shit about having a female pinhead? I don't have a problem with it. I don't think I don't that you have shit. to genderize yeah. that. There's yeah. a female the, the thing, in the first one. Just, I, it's exactly. A different, exactly. It's a the you know, it's is a is different the, take on it. It's just a different. In the end, the Cenobites, that's all they are. Why isn't there yeah. a male and female version? Well, yeah, you could have the same Cenobite, like a thousand of the same Cenobite. There doesn't need exactly. to be Exactly. Now, here's the thing, guys. We need to leave the audience on a positive. So what I want from everybody, and I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Wayne. Oh, boy. Give me your five Stephen Kings you'd recommend. Oh, fuck off. And five you would tell people to avoid. Right. Okay. Five to watch. Yeah. Salem's Lock. Bam. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Running Man. Anytime. Amazing. Original yep. Pet Cemetery. Anytime. Yep. Uh, Silver Bullet. Mm-hmm. And Maximum Overdrive. Very nice. And the ones I would say stay clear of is Remake of Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first remake of Carrick's I've not seen the second one let's have a thing let's have a thing Creepshow 3 because it's dreadful is it I haven't watched the 3 yet yeah is there a third one uh, I didn't know there was a third one it was like on Shutter or something yeah came out in the last 5-6 years it was very poor compared to the original Ah, that's a shame um, I wanted it to be good. I really did, but I do you know what I think they just made it too TV-ish, I think is the problem. Um what well, Mangler, stay clear the Mangler. Um last one, last one, last one, last one, last one, last one. <laughs> it's not like there's only a few to pick from a bad one. I know that's yeah. a problem, that's a problem. I'd probably go with Dark Tower. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Mm. Chris, what's your five recommends and five devoids? Um, recommends, first one, Misery, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Doctor Sleep. I, to be honest, I, you do have to watch The Shining before it. To kind no, you of don't. get what's going on. Well, no, you really don't. I, mean, I don't know. I think watch, you do watch the TV version the first. There's there's yes, enough the there's one, enough yeah. in Doctor Sleep that tells you what happened that you don't need to want to go back. Really, hmm. I, I would I would still say there's going to be stuff you're going to miss if you don't. Um, what did I say? Misery, yeah. Doctor Sleep, uh, fourteen oh eight, all day long. Fourteen oh eight um, is amazing. It yeah. is a good film. Yeah. You said Salem's Lot, didn't you, Wayne? I did. Yeah. Um, Children of the Corn. Original. Just the first one. Yeah, yeah just the first one. Um, and again, I'm conscious I haven't mentioned like Green Mile or Shawshank, but everyone has seen Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Needful things. Needful things. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, is that five? That's five, isn't it? That's five. Stay clear of. <sighs> Stay clear of. Um, <laughs> nah, I've got. 
He's already said Dark Tower, so I can't do that. Um, Wait, if you want to say the same ones with, if you want to sorry, say the same 19, ones with that, that's ni- 1922. Stay away from that. Um, Netflix for some reason keep pushing that, and it's just is it that bad? Is that the one with Thomas uh, Jane? Yeah, I couldn't stand uh, that. But me to watch it. Is it that bad? Uh just it was just two hours of just yeah. Oh, that's two hours shame. of waiting for something to happen, and then all of a sudden the credits start rolling. Oh. It's like, oh, okay. That is um, same, same within the tall grass. Again, just two hours of this. It. Um, what's that? That's two. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm going back through the list. <laughs> Put the list in the bin next to us. I was like, oh shit, I'm just digging it back out. Um, Dreamcatcher. Don't bother with that. Oh yeah, Dreamcatcher is so bad. Um, what else? Yeah, we inside Pet Cemetery too. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't, didn't say. Oh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I would never say oh. Pet Cemetery two. He said, said the remake. I said the oh, remake. Right, okay. Pet Cemetery oh, two, two is actually fantastic. It is. If fantastic. absolutely nothing else, just for Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown is phenomenal. Exactly. I didn't include. I didn't include apt people in the first list. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, for me. And I know you'll probably disagree with us on this, but Lawnmower Man, I just couldn't get away with it. Oh, I do disagree with you. My goodness. Oh, I my just, God. I just could not get away with this. Um, I how fucking that? love Lawnmower Man. That's, That's four. four. You need one more. Um, I mean, it should be three because Lawnmower Man's amazing. Whatever. Yeah, but, you know, that's his choice. Hey, everyone's he's taste a, exactly. Everyone's yeah, taste is different. He's he's alone in that one, but it's his choice. Well, actually, I think I think we're alone in liking it. In honesty, but whatever. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, but he didn't like stand by and, me. And Fuck the, him. And then, and the last one again, another Netflix one, A Good Marriage. It's good, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, there's better. There's better. It's is, not. Have you, have you seen? Have you seen that the little thing? What's going on here? Exactly like what I said right at the beginning. Uh-huh. All the stake, nearly all the stake players have been from 2000 on. Relatively new, yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree at all either. So, what's yours? Then? Right, I'm going to start with the ones I say avoid. All right. Um, I can't help but continue. I got to agree with Chris to hammer home. Don't watch Dreamcatcher. If you're flicking through Netflix one day and you see Dreamcatcher, don't be lulled in. It's fucking trash. Absolute I'm fucking so trash. Lucky I've never seen that film by the Oh, sense, but- dude. There's literal shit weasels in it. They call them shit weasels. It's t- oh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, <laughs> I would obviously say avoid anything that's got a number two or three on it, like Children, Children of the Corn. Yeah, exactly. Do watch, it, yeah. Do watch number seven of the Children of the Corn. Really? Number yes. seven? Yes, number seven. Surely they're not children. Revelations. Revelations. Oh, revelations. Just, just, just watch it. That's all I'm seeing. Because it's that should bad? Or? Surely they're no, adults of the just, corn by then. Just watch it. Okay. I would definitely say avoid the stand. Mike Lionside's in it, you prick. No. Doesn't matter. I don't care. The stand, <laughs> the original. No, number seven, the, man. Oh, right. Number seven. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> the stand, the original and the remake. I would avoid both purely for it'll get you too into it. And you'll think, and wow, this is really good. The afterwards. And then the ending is so bad. It, pre, it just destroys mm. any positive feelings you had for the whole story. Waste four days of your life. Yeah. It's just diabolical. I would also I'm, say dodge. I'm going to hazard a guess the next one as well. I bet I'll get your next one, the Langoliers. 
Close. I was going to say uh, Under the Dome and then yeah. Langoliers. Yeah. But also, I'll uh, I'll definitely concede with what everyone else said and say Dodge the Dark Tower as well. Because that's what I have seen. Um, for positives, I want to bring up the ones that I think not everyone knows, or at least in modern days doesn't know, because people seem to forget that movies existed before 1996. That's why you lot manga. Uh, yep. Guys, we've talked about it on the episode, but if you haven't seen it, it is an absolute classic. Watch Silver Bullet. I said Silver Bullet. Woo! I, I know, but I got to back you up on it. Yeah, I got to back you up on it. It's one amazing. of the best werewolf, apart from American Werewolf in London, probably one of the best werewolf films made. I Dog Soldiers? agree completely. I hated Dog Soldiers. It's better than Dog Soldiers. Yeah. I hated it, dude. But then again, you see, I don't like Britain. And I think that Dog Soldiers was just a very okay movie at best. I don't know why everyone sucks his dick so much. That's just me. Everyone's got different opinions. I don't know hardly anyone that doesn't like it, except for me. Um, I mean, Stand By Me and, like we said earlier, Shawshank Redemption and Misery. And oh, the big ones. Green Mile. Everyone mm. will know those. So I don't, I don't want to bring those up again. Um. But if you've never seen the sequel to Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery 2, yes, I yep. would definitely recommend it. I think in many ways it's better than the original because it's different and Clancy Brown Clancy is just Brown. phenomenal in it. And because Absolutely a lot of people phenomenal. might not know his name, I'll just tell you it's the kid from the Terminator 2 as well because nobody ever knows his name. Yeah, Edward, Edward Furlong. Furlong. Edward Furlong. Yeah. Yeah, but young and today, dude, they don't know him because he's mm. fat as fuck now and he looks like he's still a junior. Yeah, exactly. well, he was well, he was still a kid back then, so it was okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, I'd love to recommend the original It, but I'd rather recommend the remake over it. I think that it was still one of the better horror movies I've seen in a long time. Um, and again, I got a backup. Chris, fourteen oh eight is absolutely tremendous. Uh, it is an incredibly good, simple detailed thriller horror with only what three actors for most of the movie and yet it carries yeah. it i mean john cusack is probably one of his cusack. that Samuel like L. yeah john cusack that uh 1408 and gross point blank gotta be like his two most defining roles i've ever seen him in so no um, high fidelity he's amazing in high fidelity yeah but i was never a big fan of high fidelity it just uh, it was a little too hipster for me but that's just me I, I get really put off by hipster shit like um, almost famous and I've been amazing anything by that guy, that director, Chris, what's his face. They're all a bit too hipster for me. Um, but anyway, the final one we're going to bring up is you got to watch the mist, the movie, not the TV show. The mist is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Stupid, mm. but phenomenal. And what an ending Oh, all over it. Uh, but yeah, I had a fun time. But we didn't get into like his personal stuff. We could have easily spent a whole episode talking about his personal life with how there was a whole season, like a string, like five years of books where even he looks back and he goes, yeah, I was high. I don't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you can kind of tell that in some of the adaptions. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're just we're a movie show. We're not a book show. So I guess that's why we do what we do. Um. But yeah, those are the recommendations I would make. Uh, the only other thing I would say is when you look at the list of his, you know, he has such a back catalog of stuff. 
when you look at what's coming, upcoming films, yeah, the fact that there's more remakes than originals exactly. is disappointing. Yeah. You know, like it's not like the guy isn't still producing works, and it's not like he hasn't written what over seventy novels or something. More than still that. a catalog you, you look, to take from. Yeah, if you take individual stories, you're well into the hundreds. Well into the yeah, hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so why everyone is just like ripping on the same things over and over, I don't know. I find that really sad. Um, if I were, just to say real quick, if I were to be adapting a Stephen King story at any stage, I would be adapting Everything's Eventual. Yes. Because I yes. loved Everything's Eventual. Yes. Oh, and yes. I don't know how that hasn't been made yet. But they've taken a couple of bits out of that, haven't they? Mm. Like out of that anthology, but the story itself, Everything's Eventual. Fucking yes. Yeah. Well, it's you've got me hell like... betting on wanting to do the raft, so fuck you. Yeah, no, true. Ev- just make sure you. the thing that Everything's Eventual, it's the, it's the kid, isn't it? Has to chuck the money down the drain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What a, oh. what, a story. <laughs> what a story yeah and why that one hasn't been done yet i don't know so yeah we'll Cause see because it's, it's not on the dollar baby list that's why probably but i mean it's not like people with money are just going who's popular who can we who can we adapt oh stephen king he's a multi-million world seller he's only one of the most well-read uh you know writers in history whatever but hey whatever it is what it is Anyway, um, one final thing though: if anybody does want to does want to watch anything else, fucking Duke. If you're a Stephen King fan, do Castle Rock. It's worth it. I don't know, man. Because you see, okay, I'm going to say it was fantastic. It really was, and I even I I really liked it. But the fact that you know there's no season three coming is very fucking disappointing. That disappointment overshadows my recommendation. No, I'd, I'd still. Oh, the outsider, the outsider as well. That's that. If you want a standalone one, that's a brilliant one. Cool. Well, anyway, that's uh, our thoughts on Stephen King books and novel. Uh, sorry, his adaptions. And I know that already. Like I said at the very beginning of the show, purely by shitting on The Shining and the fact we didn't <laughs> mention it again at the end there. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck, man? But hey, just so you know, even Stephen King said he didn't like The Shining and preferred the TV remake. So mm-hmm. if that's the original fucking author talking, somebody's got to be right. And I don't think it's going to be Kubrick because he's dead. So fuck him. Yeah. Plus, Besides, you know, everybody, I mean, everybody loves Jack Nicholson and Shelley Long in The Shining. They're not, they don't like the film. Exactly. Like it's a that's, that's what that's I'm saying. What like, yeah. Are you telling me he's a great director because he made a Clockwork Orange or was a Clockwork Orange just so shocking and different for the day and age that it was made? Is Full Metal Jacket a well-directed movie or is it just a really good fucking movie? I think people conflate the director with immediate power over the project, and that's not how it works. There's uh, many factors at play, and I think Kubrick was the one letdown factor. That's just me. I've never been a Kubrick fan. If you're a big Kubrick fan, you better tell me how Eyes Wide Shut's the greatest movie you've ever seen. Otherwise, you can get punched in the face because you're obviously full of shit. <laughs> um, but hey, <laughs> that's just our opinions. <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and they all think they just don't stink. But um, yeah, I've had Very fun today, guys. Be thoroughly examined. That's exactly. Um, I've been your host today, Henry Thompson, with, of course, Wayne Thompson and Chris Reed. Now, if you guys agree, disagree, you can always get in touch with all of us at uh, deadrealfilms.com. 
forward slash movie madness. You can email us at movie madness at deadrealfilms.com. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and all that other shit. And obviously subscribe to us here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all these other fucking places wherever you're listening to this. Um, if you have any opinions, feelings, thoughts, you know, agreements, disagreements, get in touch with us. I have ideas for episodes. We even want to get involved in the show. Feel free to get in touch. We love hearing from you guys, and it's always good to hear more stuff. Now, before we go, guys, any final words for today? Chris? Uh, yeah, because I didn't say before. After people, just give it a go. I know it's not say, everyone's You said it like tea, eight times. I know, but I fucking I'm know. starting to wonder if you actually are a Nazi and have come from the past and reveal your secrets because nah, you brought nah. up so many times. I just want to know how much he's been paid by Stephen King. Team McKellen, I, he's he's not he's dropping some work my way, you know. Right? He's advertising that's the is. hell out of this. That's what he's doing. It's a fucking well, great movie. Oh, it is. Is it good? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No maximum, no maximum overdrive, but there you go. Vroom, vroom, baby. What about you, Wayne? Any final words? Stephen King? <laughs> no, not really. Not really. I, think I think we've covered everything. <laughs> but, but, I will but say. Actually, no, 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 no. Stephen King, if you do ever listen to this, speak or spoke me in the raft. Thompson. Wayne really wants to raft it up now, man. I do now, yeah. Got a rile. Yeah. How come lately on most th- episodes we end up talking about a fictional movie we'd like to make? Never thought about it before, but now I think about it, that could make a brilliant feature film. Do you guys agree? Disagree? King, do you agree? Get in touch. Let us know. <laughs> and for those who don't know, by the way, Ab Pupil, uh, I know he's praising and everything. He should really give a trigger warning as well, because we live in that society now, trigger warnings, that it does get involved a lot with things like, you know, the Holocaust and uh, World War II and talking about Nazis and the possibility of Nazi sympathizing. So it is worth trigger warning you on that if you are a trigger it's warning Brian Singer, what do you expect? Oof, too far away. I deliberately but he always didn't... does Nazi shit. I deliberately didn't bring up the, the sketchy issues with Brian Singer, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's an episode for another day anyway. That's for our <laughs> Me Too episode. <laughs> Movie Madness hashtag Me Too, the episode. If that ever gets aired. <laughs> um, again, guys, it's been fun talking with you. Everyone have a great day. Keep watching those fantastic movies and take care. Bye bye. Take care, out. Bye.